This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. The family of a Georgia couple who died in an Amtrak train derailment in Montana has filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Amtrak and BNSF Railway, which owns the tracks. The lawsuit, filed Monday in federal court in Illinois, says Amtrak and BNSF Railway were responsible for the September 25, 2021 derailment in north-central Montana that killed three people, including Donald and Marjorie Varnadol, and injured at least 44 passengers and crew members. The National Transportation Safety Board has not completed its investigation of the derailment. The complaint lists possible causes ranging from track and equipment failure to human error and says Amtrak and BNSF were negligent in failing to prevent the crash. Amtrak will respond to the complaint in court filings, according to its spokesperson Mark Maglieri. BNSF Railway would not comment on pending legislation, according to spokesperson Lena Kent. The Varnados were from St. Simons Island, Georgia. They boarded the Amtrak train in Chicago on September 24th. They were in the observation car when the derailment occurred. The observation car, which was the last car in the train, tipped on its side and slid along the tracks before eventually coming to a stop, according to the complaint. The couple's were on a trip celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Montana's Office of Public Instruction has proposed changes to teacher licensing. A 24-member task force of Montana educators and administrators reviewed and recommended changes to Chapter 57 of the Office of Public Instruction's Administrative Rules. After Montana Superintendent of Public Instruction Elsie Arnson reviewed the recommendations, she passed them on to the Board of Public Education. In January, the Board reviewed and revised the recommendation. Now, the proposed changes are open to public comment through an end of business on April 8th. The goal is to improve teacher retention and attract more out-of-state teachers to ease the shortage of qualified teachers in the state. Some of the proposed changes include increased access for expired licensees to re-enter the classroom, acceptance of lifetime licenses, more recognition of alternative teacher preparation paths, license reciprocity from other states for military spouses and their dependents, and recognizing licenses for nationally board-certified teachers. The ACLU of Montana has filed a friend-of-the-court brief asking a U.S. District Court judge to dismiss an appeal from the Montana Attorney General's office that, if granted, would require a Butte man who engaged in consensual same-sex activity more than 20 years ago to register now as a sex offender. The case revolves around Randall Mingus, who was convicted in Idaho of crimes against nature after having consensual sex with two 16-year-old boys when he was 18 years old. He pleaded guilty in 1994 
and after serving a seven-year prison sentence in Idaho, was placed on sex offender registry there. He registered in Montana in 2018 after moving to the Treasure State. In December of 2020, Mengus sued the Montana Attorney General, Austin Knutson, over the state's requirement to register as a sex offender. In May of 2021, U.S. District Court Judge Dana Christensen ruled in Mengus' favor and ordered Montana to remove him from the registry. Knudsen appealed that ruling shortly after. In a statement provided to the New York Times, Emily Cantrell, a spokeswoman for Knudsen, said the ruling, quote, weakens our state sex offender registry laws, makes kids and families less safe. In the statement, Cantrell reiterated the state's argument that Montana law requires registered as sex offenders in other states to also register in Montana, a requirement that Christensen said was constitutional. The ACLU argued in its brief that Montana and Idaho are violating the 2003 Lawrence v. Texas ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court that struck down laws criminalizing sexual conduct between same-sex partners. The ACLU of Montana also called out Montana and Idaho's sex offender registration laws, saying both violate constitutional equal protection laws. A Flathead County commissioner has reached out to the governor's office seeking to preserve state funding for his county's library system after the library board appointed a director who did not meet state-adopted qualification standards. The new director, Ashley Cummins, does not have a Master of Library Science or equivalent degree. That's required by Montana State Library Policy, for libraries serving more than 25,000 people. The appointment could strip the library of its certification and subsequently $35,000 in state aid if it is not granted an exemption by the state library. After hearing complaints about the possibility of losing the state aid, Flathead County Commissioner Randy Brodell took the issue to the governor's office. Quote, I asked them if they could take a look at it and see if there's anything they could do to help us retain taxpayer money for our county. Rodell said that to the Daily Montanan. Lieutenant Governor Christian Juris met with Montana State Library officials in January to discuss the situation, but the governor's office ultimately decided not to get involved, according to State Librarian Jenny Stapp. Quote, they have reiterated to me that they are not intervening in the process. Flathead County commissioners have considered and submitted a request to the Montana State Library to keep the state aid. If an exemption is not granted, the library will be one of four out of 82 libraries in the state to lose its certification. The number of active COVID-19 cases in Montana fell by over half in the past week, as the recent surge driven by the virus's Omicron variant appears to be waning. DPHHS reported 
just over 2,300 active cases in Montana, down 50% from the just under 4,600 active cases a week ago. As of Tuesday, just over 3,100 Montanans have died from COVID-19, according to the Department of Public Health and Human Services. 13 died in January. Another 23, including those 13, were recently added to the list. There were 212 active hospitalizations due to COVID-19, down from 266 a week ago. Newly reported positive cases have also been falling. The seven-day average is now 533, half what it was two weeks ago. The proportion of fully vaccinated people in Montana has remained the same since the end of January, holding steady at 54% as of Tuesday, according to DPHHS. Since December 18, 80% of COVID deaths were among unvaccinated people. Since April of 2021, unvaccinated patients accounted for 78% of all COVID-19 hospitalizations. A new national study reveals the extent to which eagles and other raptors are still threatened by lead from hunting ammunition. On Friday, a study published in the journal Science detailed the results of an eight-year study of lead levels in golden and bald eagles. Biologists from 14 agencies, universities, and companies, including Montana State University and Northwestern Energy, joined those from the U.S. Geological Service in 38 states to sample more than 1,200 eagles, some of which were already dead. Lead poisoning typically occurs when an eagle eats an animal carcass or gut pile containing fragments of lead ammunition. Both golden and bald eagle species are scavengers, using dead animals as a food source. But short-term lead exposure occurs more frequently in winter when live prey is harder to find and gut piles dot the land after hunting season. According to the study, about half the eagles in the study showed repeated exposure to lead. Quote, If they don't ingest enough to die within a short time, being repeatedly exposed to even a small amount of lead kills them eventually, according to the study, because the metal accumulates in bone tissue. That's why the dead birds sampled tend to be older. Those results are in keeping with other studies. One study in the Bitterroot Valley found almost 90% of bald eagles had elevated lead levels in their blood during a five-week rifle season. Lead shot is banned, but lead bullets are not. Some hunting groups advocate for the use of copper bullets instead of lead, but while a few states have banned lead, switching to copper ammunition is still mostly voluntary. As one of his last acts, former Fish and Wildlife Services Director Dan Ash tried to ban lead ammunition and fishing tackle on all federal wildlife refuge land. Former Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke reversed that ban a month later at the urging of the National Rifle Association and some sportsmen's groups. Changes to the Earned Income Tax Credit as part of COVID-19 pandemic relief 
mean more people are eligible for the tax credit and more money is due back to tax filers as part of the credit. But to get the money, people have to file a tax return, even if they weren't eligible in previous years. Making Americans aware of the change is the goal of a nationwide campaign called Get It Back. Previously, the EITC was available to families with children and childless individuals aged 25 and up. The APR temporarily extended the eligibility to childless workers aged 19 and up and to workers 65 and over. Nearly 5 million young people between 19 and 24 will benefit from the expansion as well as 21% of workers without children in rural areas, according to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide, with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, in 24 countries on six continents. Made in Montana news is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. We also want to welcome some new friends and listeners to our list of stations. PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.